0: To him, it's like coming up from the deep parts of the ocean, okay? And so trials are dynamic. God sent trials. He tests us. He trains us. He disciplines us, okay? The enemy, he tempts us for our destruction. And sometimes these things, they feel the same, so it's hot. But there's one thing we can know about trials one thing that's for certain every trial holds blessings but also it's often an opportunity for the enemy to also get you down so a trial has got two doors and you see it in life I have a we, we've, we've got friends they're actually twins they lived in the same room They played rugby in the same team in the same classes Right, they were my friends, and their mother passed away. It's the same boys, same home, same mother, same sickness, same date of death. The one person was pushed into the Lord, and the one was pushed away. Right, same circumstances. And so sometimes a trial or a test has got two doors. The one door can take you into pain, and the one door can take you to life. Right. We see it. We see people, two people growing up in extremely harsh, harsh conditions. One person excels. It's like something happens to them in their pain. They come before the Lord, they get organized, and what? they've got a story to tell. One gets demolished, all right? And so it is important for us to know what to do with trials, all right? Are are you with me this morning? Okay, let's get into, let me just pray for us. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Lord, I just bless you this morning, and I pray that you will help us to understand, to get a handle on this. To understand this fully is not possible because we are on earth, and you are in heaven. We did not name the stars. You did. We do not know our futures. You do. But we know you, and so if we can know you in the trials, there's great blessing. Teach us this morning, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right, James 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. I'm always thinking, how can you write that, James? I mean, how do you count it? Like, uh, there's a joy, there's a joy. All right? As they say count your blessings one by one. But James says, also count your trials. <laughs> they also a joy. Count your trials, count them one by one. Some of you will have a large count, you know. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect or its full work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. friends once said marry a woman that has gone through many trials and came up on the other side perfectly and complete and you and you'll marry a good person it makes sense you 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 make a friend you have people in your life that has gone through trials coming out of the other side there's a depth there you know and God is inviting us to take these trials many of them will come over our road without us having control some of it we can step out of As we repent of sin. But all of these can help us coming out stronger on the other side. I'm going to give you four angles to think about this morning. Let's get into it. Where's the blessing in the trials? Jeremiah 1 verse 19. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you. Declares the Lord to deliver you. I am with you. Daniel chapter 3. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. And the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, rose up in haste, declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True. So what happened there is when they looked up, there was not three men in the furnace, but there was four, right? Because God says in Jeremiah 19, I am with you. I'm with you. So they put God's people in the fire, and where is God? With them. Let's go on. On that day, when the evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. So that's Jesus inviting them into a trial, okay? He says, let's go to the other side, and then the storm comes. Leaving the crowd, they took with, with them the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling so now here we don't have that typical um, let's call it slow cook trial this is a it's a matter of is this my last day are we gonna die here is one of those sharp ones they come strong on you but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, "Why are you so afraid?" It's, it's a question. Okay, why are you so afraid? Now, here lies the first key that we're going to focus on this morning. When we look at life, we see peace as the absence. Of trials okay? we, we look for peace we look for joy in the absence of trials, that's why I want to forget some boxes in my life that's why we want to forget it because we believe that peace is everywhere except in that area so I want to cut it out are you with me Jesus sees peace in a different way he sees peace when he looks in the mirror because Jesus is our peace all right so when they are on a boat with a storm that's raging there's one question that matters what is the question There's one question where is peace is he on the boat or is he not on the boat? That's a question. Jeremiah, we just go back to that previous one. Uh, 1 verse 19. They shall, they shall not prevail against you because I am with you. Jesus asked them, Why are you afraid? Now, he gets us. My wife said, I must make sure I say this the right way. Jesus gets us. He understands us. But it does not make sense for heaven that anyone in a boat where Jesus is on have fear. That does not make sense. Are you with me this morning? He is there. (laughs) He is there. There's a trial, but he is there. There's peace where he is. That's your peace. And so, the first blessing of a trial is the blessing of his nearness. He is with you. And sometimes we need a trial to remember. Sometimes it is when we feel alone that we reach for him and we find him there. Sometimes it is when we feel we will not be able to do something when we go to him, to his altar, and we sense him near. And then often, before any circumstances change, everything seems okay. Who has experienced that before? It's like, suddenly, like for, it's almost like for months, you're like, I, I won't be able to do that. I won't be able to face this thing. And then before it's resolved, one day you're like, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. You have discovered, you've looked And you saw him on the boat. That's what happens. Now, sometimes the circumstances will quickly change. Other times they will linger. But he's near. And he loves you. What a blessing to reach for him in the storm. Amen. Let's go on. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of a field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Now, the question that's coming here, or the case that Jesus is making here, is he says that there's someone out there, that is looking over creation and cares for creation. That's the point. He's not saying don't worry about harsh times because they will never come. That's not the point. What he's saying is if you look at the birds and you look at the flowers, there's one that is integrally involved in when they come up and when they will become a part of the swell again. There's someone in charge under the wings of the bird. All right, And the same one has his hands around you. And that's why you don't have to worry. He's right there. So it speaks to his nearness as well. So the question I must ask myself when I find myself in one of those circumstances where I don't know which way to go is, where will I carry my trust here will i bank it on myself which is often a temptation i want to fix stuff i want to make it better i want to do something about it i want i need to i need to phone someone drive somewhere i need to do something And, and, and we we have to take action as he leads but sometimes i want to take the responsibility when i'm anxious i want to take it back into myself but here's the thing Even though you might be skilled out there, even though you, let's call you a person with uh, a good strike rate on life, you make good decisions, you do well out there, you do well in your family, well at work, okay? You don't have, you still don't have a 100% track record, are you with me? So if you put all your trust in yourself, there will be a chance that you will fail, that you will miss it. And it might be pertaining to a very important person or a very important decision. Now, when you carry your trust to yourself, it is okay for you to be anxious because that's a fair assessment. You might miss it, yes. You might mess it up. But is there someone, can I put out my hands and find someone who will never fail? Is there someone out there fit to hold my trust that has never failed me, that has never failed over the eternities of the world? Is, is, if there's someone out there I can find, if there's someone out there like that where I can carry my heart, I would love to carry my heart to him in my trial. He's right here. I spoke to a friend the other day going through an extremely difficult trial. With tears, he tells me, he says, if I look back over my life, God has never failed me. Sometimes I have made it harder on myself than necessary. Sometimes also for a long blood Come on. We like it. Let's be honest. We all do it from time to time, but there's one. There's one out there who cares for the birds, who wants to care for you. And what that means is in your trial, when it's difficult, you can submit your situation, your heart, and your days safely to the Lord and know His goodness in it. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your birth, carries from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. And to the gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. You are safe with the Lord. And that you can know. 2 Kings 19. That night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185 in the camp of the Assyrians. That is after the king prayed and laid it before the Lord. What happens? Sometimes in trials, as we submit ourselves to the Lord, we're going to get to that. He shows you what to do. He shows you how you can act. That's a small part. But what he does often, in the night when you sleep, he wars for you. Sends an angel to a camp and demolishes the demonic forces that has been assigned against you. There's things God is doing for you in the unseen that you and I, we don't know of it because he's constantly fighting for us in our trials that's our God that's our king he's at work and we know it and and I said it in the beginning God sends trials God sends discipline the enemy sends temptation sometimes it could be the same event the enemy's purpose is for you to fail God's purpose is to lift you up but whatever comes your way that whole batch it is measured by God to never exceed your ability right You will never be tempted above what you can handle. It's what scripture says. So what that means is everything that comes against you, God fights off the edges. He slays the 185,000 on top, some here on the side, and then he's like, okay, grow. It comes your way. What it means is someone in the unseen world is fighting for you when you are sleeping. And he is a good fighter. (laughs) When he goes out, he cleans up. Because he looks at you in a more intimate way than what he looks at that lily or that bird. Amen? Second blessing I want you to consider this morning is that Trials will grow your trust in the Lord. Learn to trust Him. Learn to pray. healed healed in prayer and go to bed and sleep. Wake up the next morning knowing He fought for you last night. Is it all going to be healed? Is it all going to be gone the next morning? Maybe not, depending on your situation. Go on. You've got one warring with you, walking with you in your trial. Let's go on. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Therefore, in James, confess your sins to one another. Here, the context is just sins. sins. Sins can be a trial, they are painful, they weigh us down. But confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What is Jesus inviting us to do right through the Gospels is, and let's go to the next point, is to grow your friendships in times of trials. When the trial, there's often a big field of people around you. But as the trial goes deeper, they become less. And that's not because people forsake you. Sometimes we feel that. It's also because you also realize that you cannot share your heart with 300 people. uh, No one's got the capacity for that. But as you go deeper into your trial, he shows you who to find. And he shows you who to connect with. And so what you are doing is you are growing your field of friends in the Lord. And those are very precious. And don't be afraid to lean on a friend because you know what? In a month or two or three, maybe someone needs to phone you. So build your relationship with the Lord and also with your friends. Your friends cannot do in the night for you what God does for you. They cannot slay 180,000 demons or soldiers. They cannot do that. But they are in a similar battle as you, so they can be your friend. And so allow them in and grow your friendships. Amen? Beware of men, but they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. This is a rude awakening, right, in the, in the context of trials. And we're talking about God offending us. Uh, and, and here Jesus helping us. Okay, he's helping us. He's telling us there will be trials and sometimes, some of the greatest pain we have is the pain of the pain of a gospel that leads us to believe that there will never be a trial. All right, and then when there's a trial, there's a collapse of faith. And so, be strong in your heart. All right. Sometimes um, we look at fell there All right, there will be times when there's an arrow. Get shot in your arm, all right. Ah, it's gonna happen. Duck fell. When they deliver you over. Now, very important, verse 19. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious. Okay, when there's a storm, easy on the boat. They're delivering you over for my sake. Right. So, number one, don't be anxious. Easier said than done. Don't be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Now, we started with God is our peace. He's on the boat. He's, in, he's on your life, on your boat, on your raft with you. He fights for you in the night in ways you cannot. He's given you friends. Now, when you come, when you are delivered over, when you are in a trial, I will also help you with what? You have to do for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour I'm gonna slay the demons in the night I'm gonna funnel the temptation the trials I'm gonna make sure when it gets to you it's measured now when it gets to you I will tell you what you have to do in order to grow trust me trust me and God works with his people like that He cuts covenant with Abraham Abraham is asleep he's not even there (laughs) when God cuts covenant with him but before that he says Abraham bring bring me an animal that's what Abraham does then God does the rest he says to the men they've been fishing all night um, they haven't slept they're hungry they can't make money they've got no fish to sell he doesn't say Okay, close your eyes, open your eyes, whop, fish on the boat. He says what? Go back. Here we go again. Take up your net, cast it on that side. What does he do? When you are there for what you are to say or do will be given to you. You cast the net. I know you've cast it, I don't know how many times you can cast those heavy nets. Multiple times in the night. I'm asking you to do it again, but now this way. What? There's a fish. Okay. God brings a fish. It's a miracle. They threw the nets. Yeah, amen. John eleven thirty nine. 39. Jesus said, <laughs> at Lazarus death. Okay, they're at the tomb. Man's dead for four days. Everyone's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Jesus is going to do the miracle. He's going to raise a man from the dead. So they get to the tomb. Then he says, take away the stone. <laughs> You know he could go like this he asked the people to take the stone away because he he doesn't like to play alone all right he, he wants to make us a part of what's happening we are co-workers with him so so the people go home that night they said we raised Lazarus from the dead no, we shifted the stone and he gave life to a dead man god works with us before Jesus feeds thousands of people, what does he say? Does anyone have something here? <laughs> Someone come with a little fish and bread. Bah, it happens. And so it is with us in our trials, in our dilemmas. There's something there that God wants to use. And he will tell you what to do. During a trial, Jesus shows you how to co-work with him. What a blessing. What a blessing. Together, together, you'll get through it. You're going to teamwork. You're going to do your part, and he's going to do the rest. And James, he knows all about this and a lot more than what I know. And he says, therefore, count it all joy when the trial comes. Because something is about to happen and develop in you. And I want to, you know, we don't know one another's trials. That, that's the problem. And when, when, when you do a sermon, you can use examples. And every now and then one can be lighthearted. But some trials, they're not to be laughed at. Amen. Um, They're not to be laughed at. And so what I want to just encourage you with this morning is that the presence of the Lord is to be invited into your life and into your trials. That's the start. That'll that'll shift the process. Amen? What I want you to do this morning is let's stay seated. Let's stay seated this morning, thanks, Andrew. And let's go back to that altar of the Lord, and and I want to ask again what I asked after worship. I want you to to sit for a moment and take a deep breath. You are here right now. You're not rushing anywhere. You are not on your phone, you don't have the children on your lap right now, they'll come in 10 minutes. While you have a moment, let, let us create just a moment for you to come near to him. And maybe there's that box, you know, that one that you want to forget about, but I want to ask you to pick it up. That area, that trial, that person, that whatever that is, And and take it to him. Uh, some of us we're more visual than others, you know. In our hearts, we think in pictures. Maybe you feel you're on a stormy boat. Go to him in the stern where he is sleeping, and go and sit there. Number one, you tell him, "I'm learning again that you are my peace. I'm waiting for peace because I think there will be peace when the storm ends." But I'm figuring out again that you are my peace. And just for a moment, just just for for now, be okay with that thing that bothers you going on, but you having Jesus. Just just for now. Just be content with having him in the midst of that. Because that's a stunning starting point. now what i want you to do like you'll tell a good friend just whisper to him what is it that bothers you you're having fellowship with the lord you are praying so where you are sitting i want you at least to whisper say lord this is what bothers me this is what causes my heart to ache this morning this is what Is causing my mind to spin over and over and I want to say it to you when you say it to him already something moves because it is a prayer Do not be anxious for anything but in everything through prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving make your request known to him so do it make it known say it. he knows it but now you also say it <laughs> then thank the lord thank jesus that he's fighting for you in the unseen world say lord i i just acknowledge that you are fighting for me when i cannot see when i'm not awake you are busy surrounding me with your wisdom and your power Thank him that he's fighting for you. Now, I want to tell you that it might not look like it on the surface, but he's fighting, and when he fights, he fights effectively in the unseen. He's busy. Say so thank you, Jesus, and tell him that he is your best friend. Now we're going a bit fast but let's do it cuz you can do it at home again. Now what I want you to do is I want you to ask him for support on your journey. A friend to pray with. A friend to have a conversation with. And ask him who should you ask to pray for you? Who can be a friend to you in that storm. And I, I want to say it right here. If you are new around here and you don't know anyone here, we love to make you part of a small group. Okay. It's very important. And then what I want you to do is I want you to ask Jesus, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do for now? What is a step of obedience that I can take to co work with you in this process. Sometimes we are downcast because of the fire or trial of another person. So, Lord, how do I come alongside my child in her trial, in his trial? Lord, how do I come alongside my dad? In this situation I will tell you what to say in that moment then I just want to say this if if you have never given your your life to the Lord life will be a trial that cannot be faced in the way I've spoken of this morning. There's a place where a life that kicks against God experiences a trial and a test that one cannot succeed until we bow on our knees before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what I want to tell you this morning is that Jesus Christ loves you so much that he came and laid himself down on a cross and he was beaten and crucified to death and he had you in mind that's the love he displayed his love it's out there and i just want to invite you this morning that if you need to to accept him as your lord and savior you'll find all kinds of treasures in this life you will find that in all these other things that happens that there's someone on the boat your king, your God, your friend, your coach. And I, this morning I want to ask it this way, that just where you are sitting, that you open your heart. You say, Lord, I, I surrender my our life to you. Give my heart to you this moment. I want to be yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to dismiss this meeting to make sure we've got enough time for the other meeting to come in. But I want to ask small group leaders just to come to the front for the first two or three minutes. And we're going to be here in front and pray for, we've got time for that, for anyone that wants to pray with someone through a trial or a difficult situation. You can also bring that person with. If you know of a friend that's going through a tough time, take them by the hand, bring them. We're going to be here. There's going to be a bit of a praying pot here in front. Um, And we want to be here and serve you and love you in that way. right? if you're not involved in that for right now, you are dismissed. And you're welcome to grab a cup of coffee on the outside while we pray on the inside. Thank you everyone.